I have loved storytelling for as long as I can remember. There's just something about hearing of one's life that can really encourage, inspire, and resonate with one. We all have a story, and this is a platform to share them. Welcome to With Priscilla, where I have authentic and candid conversations with friends, hearing their story, the good, the bad, and the glory. So join me. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Christmas. And I want to have my pastor, Pastor Philip of Horizon Christian Fellowship down here in San Diego. Um, for those who do not know, your dad, Pastor Mike McIntosh, saved my parents. And if you haven't seen the movie, The Jesus Movement, mm. your dad was a part of that as well, that whole yep. beautiful movement, um, which is the era my mom and dad got saved. So I really owe a lot to you and your family just because you guys are the roots spiritually mm-hmm. of my family. Um, and we love going to church, the horizon. We're going through the book of Revelations, which is daunting, but very yeah. encouraging and inspiring. In this episode, I want to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. We have the gifts. Everybody is running around buying all the things for all the people in their family, friends. But I kind of want to bring it back down to the simplicity of it and what it, the the true purpose and meaning of it. So do you want to? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's that's great because, um, you know, it is definitely we we know over the years Christmas is something that can be totally commercialized, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and I fall into the trap every year. Um, I know my family, uh, they, they know I already have this apart from Christmas. They know I have a, a, a need rehab for Amazon deliveries. So, um, if you know the name of your Amazon drivers, because usually it's somebody different every day, but, um, but no, it is, it is, it's something where I think, uh, the, the enemy would love for you and for us to, um, fall into the trap of of several things that can come our way during Christmas, and one of those is the commercial side of it, the pressures of um of feeling the need to outdo people, um the the pressures of bills and finances, and especially uh, right now, yeah, with for sure. inflation, yeah. everything being high, I feel like people are even kind of worried if they can even afford gifts right now. Yeah. Maybe they're just, I hear a lot of friends sharing or just in social media sharing, they're just giving to their kids or even their kids' gifts are kind of limited. Yep. And it's just more like quality gifts, quality time. Yeah, for sure. Which is kind of the whole purpose of of Christmas, mm-hmm. you know? And and uh, yeah, and I think apart from that, we can be talking about, you know, the stresses of shopping, finding parking at the malls, yeah. all these things. And then we've got, um, you know, struggles with life in general that are completely aside from Christmas. And, and there may be some of you that are watching this that are feeling like, well, gosh, I'm not even thinking about gifts. I'm not even thinking about, uh, food or gatherings. I, I'm trying to just survive in life in general. And, and, um, so even, you know, uh, some stresses for some may cause other people to look and go, Gosh, you're you're worried about you're not able to buy the latest PlayStation for your kid because I, their I, yeah, stress is you know, far greater. Totally, like, yeah. Sh- like I found online a few of the causes of holiday depression is stresses of schedule, which you shared, 
putting pressure on yourself, separation from loved ones, mm. which again, I feel more and more too that my brother's in Seattle yeah. and a lot of my family have moved outside of San Diego or even California. So I feel many are probably experiencing that with people migrating all over the yeah. country more and more recently, loneliness, family dynamics, as we know, 2020 kind of really, mm. if there weren't family dynamics before, I feel these last couple of years for many different reasons, yeah. dynamics have shifted. And then there's a seasonal depression. Mm. And then there's also loss. People yeah. are, I know in my family, my mom has cancer and that's been a constant mm. the last several Christmases, Thanksgivings yeah. of could this potentially be the last mm. one? But then you're push on to hope and living. But I know there's others who did lose a loved one yeah. or grieving their first holiday without their loved one. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many. Yeah. There's so many things that, that, you know, that whole idea of putting yourself into somebody else's shoes and walking a mile in their shoes. And, and, um, I mean, I just think as you were talking, I was even thinking about, uh, families that have gone through divorces. Mm -hmm. I mean, the holiday, anytime there's holidays, that brings a whole nother dynamic of, okay, I've got this more gifts to get, or who do we go and visit? Or, um, you know, and family is never the same when divorce comes in, mm -hmm. into the picture. And, uh, split up the time know, of the kid. Yeah. We think it affects just younger kids, but you may be in your like twenties or thirties and you're, you're right now realizing and memory, you know, remembering Christmases when your family was all together mm -hmm. and now your family is, is separated. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's just, yeah, so many things that could come into play that, um, and then, and even here in California, when we go through our time change, which everybody freaks out oh about the gosh, time change yes. in California, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's midnight at four o'clock. It is, you know, you get into that funk of, gosh, it's now every day it's getting darker earlier. It's darker at four, you know, dark at 420 or 430 now in the afternoon. So everybody's already kind of in this, this mindset of, um, being in a funk and almost a little depressed or, I I think the last few weeks I've turned to my wife and I turn to each other almost every night and we're like, it's five thirty, but it feels like it's nine. My husband and I have you the know, same conversation. Let's go to bed. I don't go, go it but, has to be nine or ten. He goes, No, yeah, it's six. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we were talking about that the other night and then and, and then uh, Alaska came into my like the people who go through months of darkness. <laughs> yes. And it's like who are Californians, we complain when it rains. We're it's like, spoiled. you know, when it's cold, but um but yeah, it is, I think it's, it's such an important time for us to stop and, uh, and almost as if like, you know, we're planning all these things and we have all these lists of things to do. It's such an important time for us to have a list for ourselves to really stop and say, okay, where am I? Mm -hmm. uh, right now in life? Where most importantly, where if, if Christmas is all about Jesus, where am I with Jesus? Mm -hmm. Who is Jesus to me? Um, and, uh, where am I with hope? Am I empty this year? Am I, um, and those, the, the lists that we put together for everything else, I think a list for ourselves is so important to stop. And cause really what benefit are we to any f family members or community or, um, church, whatever it may be, if we're completely running on empty mm -hmm. and, uh, and and I would encourage you that this is a good opportunity to stop and say, okay, 
really, um, where are you in life? Um, I, I work with a lot of police departments and fire departments and we will, we will have them, which they, they suffer from what's called compassion fatigue, where they, like I, I've been with firefighters that are firefighters on the job for like three months and you go onto a, a call with them and they're the most patient, compassionate, uh, caring, just, you know, you go, man, I, if you were to come to my house when I call, that's who would I want at my house when I call in one. You fast forward sometimes 15, 20 years, and that's not the case for a lot because they, they're worn out, they're burnout, they've seen so much. Um, so even with them, we'll have them do a little thing, which is kind of cool maybe for, for you guys to do this on your own, but, uh, we'll have them write down five things that drain them okay. in life, just overall. And that can be anything from work, um, to family, but to be honest, what drains you? My marriage, these things drain me, um, complaining, you know, people who complain, whatever drains you in life to list five things. And here's, you know, when we sit down a group of people and have them do this, they're done in like 30 seconds writing out the five things wow. that drain them. Because we all know. Yeah. And then, okay, five things that fill you. And it takes probably about 15 minutes for them to be able wow. to write down five things that will fill them. Wow. And, uh, and usually it's, we're running on empty because we're always around the things that drain us. Um, and the reality is we can't get rid of some of those things. Life is life. Work is going to be something that's always in our lives. Family will always be in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of those things can be dealt with and, um, handled so much better when we're, filling ourselves so and the cool thing is the guy who came that we celebrate on christmas he came and he said listen those of you who are thirsty those of you who are hungry i offer you a living water that you'll never thirst again so uh the the you know and 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 this is for everyone is that if if you're drinking from any source other source for water to sustain you in life you will always find yourself thirsty Mm -hmm. you will always find yourself parched and dehydrated if it's not coming from Jesus, the source of living water. Um, so he's the first to fill. And this is, this is, I think, so important for all of us in this season is, okay, am I being filled by Jesus right now? Am I being filled up uh, by spending time with him? and Or am I burnt out and running on empty right now? Yeah, because he's truly, at least for me, personally speaking, I know others, you as well, we can fill that emptiness or that tiredness through anything, even if it's working out, yeah, we yeah. can work out every single day, but if we're not filling it how we should be wholeheartedly through Jesus, then we're just throwing water into an empty bucket, like yeah. a bucket that has a hole in the bottom. And it's just, it's not helping us. Yep. But if I'm working out and if I'm praying and, or people meditate, but if I'm praying and talking to God or having worship music, I'm getting so fulfilled mm. far more than I would without adding him into that. Yeah. And that's just, and I think also people should know that it's so simple. You could just be driving in your car, mm. praying and asking God to um, be with you or to help you in whatever circumstance, um, whatever is going on in your family, uh, finances, work, whatever the stresses are that. You can just simply, no matter where you're at, you don't have to be in church. Um, you don't have to be at an altar mm. or anything. You can just be where you're at yep. and just call out to him and just ask him to be there with you and to, um, 
you don't even have to have the words, but just say, give me that peace and comfort or that wisdom mm-hmm. and discernment and moving forward. Um, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I think, um, and this is this is a misconception people have a lot of times of, of pastors is you may go to a church and have a pastor and you may f- assume that your pastor and his family are like this perfect unit that you guys are perfect yeah where we are we're (laughs) far from it um i tell people if they're looking for a perfect church when they show up on sunday morning they've come to the wrong place because i'm there but um and uh but sometimes we get this misconception of okay this pastor of this big church must their home must be and the bible does tell us that a shepherd or a pastor or bishop or deacon their home is to be in order which is important but um, sometimes we get this false picture of like, hey, I'm going to walk into my pastor's house and their family's going to be sitting ar- sitting around in the living room, <laughs> worshiping the Lord, having Bible studies every every night together. Um, and that would be awesome, but that were reality. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, it's all even since our kids were little, it always has been a struggle to get them, let's have a bi- family Bible study, you know, and we go through it and it's like, I'm wanting them to, hey, respect what we're doing right here and making it to like church and God's like, Hey, chill out. This is just a time to dialogue. So um, we've had a lot of craziness going on in our home the last few months. And, and, uh, and I told one of my sons and daughter who are still living at home. And I just said, listen, I want to go through December. I want us to sit down every day together at some point in the day. And we're going to read one chapter through the gospel of Luke. And by Christmas Eve, we'll have the gospel of Luke finished and we will have a complete picture of Jesus's birth, his ministry, his crucifixion, resurrection, and and uh, and you'll get a, a a a picture of the complete picture of why Jesus came. Um, Which is, do you want to share? Yeah. So I mean, we know that Jesus came. The he came not to establish a kingdom or to be a politician or a governor or a king or a president or to lower taxes or. Uh, and that's what everyone was looking for was, hey, we need somebody to free us from Rome uh, and uh, we need a kingdom for Israel established. And Jesus was like, I didn't come. To, I came to save Israel. Mm-hmm. I didn't come to govern Israel. Um, and uh, and the awesome thing, as you mentioned, we've been going through the book of Revelation at church and and we just finished uh, chapter 20, which is Jesus coming back um, and his millennial thousand year reign and what it will look like when he is king when on earth when he is ruling um but the first time he came when he was born was not to do that it was to save um to come in the the form of a baby humility you know you think of um what more humbling can can there be as a parent who's you know about to have a baby to be told all right there's there's no room here you can't have your baby here here's a, here's a cave you can go have your baby in and and he came in the ultimate form of humility uh and we were even, when we were reading through Luke the other night as a family, I, I, we were brought to the story where Jesus uh, was 12, and uh, they went to Jerusalem, and his parents, they all left, and his parents, Mary and Joseph, assumed that Jesus was with them, with this big crowd of family and friends and relatives traveling back, and they realized, oh, he's not. We left him. So immediately, I mean, think if I've left my kid, well, I don't want to say that, but I've had Target shut down before because I thought my, wow. I, you know, lost one of our kids, but I forgot what a code yellow or I don't know what it is. You hear all the radios and, but, um, but, uh, we're still looking for him. It's been 20 years, but, um, no, just kidding. But, um, they, you know, went back and they find Jesus and he's in the temple and he's dialoguing with the priests and all these rabbis and Pharisees. And his parents are in awe, but also at the same time, they're parents and they're thinking, why would you do this to us? And Jesus, you know, says to him basically, hey, don't you know that I was, I'm supposed to be in my father's house? 
And then right after that, it's almost like Jesus, I, 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 at that moment, it's like he, I don't know if that was the moment he knew, hey, I'm the son of God, but he knew at that moment that this is where he was supposed to mm. be. But then it says he chose to submit himself to his parents and he went home. Yeah. And I just thought of that, like, okay, here's Jesus at that crossroads of like, hey, I'm where I'm supposed to be, but also I know I'm 12 and I still need to submit to wow, my, parents. my earthly parents yeah. that God is, has put me, you know, a part of. And to choose that, again, is like this humility of, okay, I'm choosing, I'm going to go because, uh, you know. Because he could say, yeah, I'm Jesus. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. He knew right then yeah. that the time was not for him to hand wow. Savior of the world. Wow. Because what person would say, oh, yeah, 12-year-old is going to save me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But sad thing is, even when he was in his 30s and he came to save people, said, what are you, you know, who are you to save me? Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I love just that even in that, his humility of, okay, I'm going to submit myself back to my parents. And so the whole purpose of him coming was to show us sacrificial love, mm-hmm. but to pay the ultimate payment because there's nothing you and I can do mm-hmm. to take care of what we have in our in our hearts, mm-hmm. and that is sin. And the only only thing that could do it was Jesus and and uh and that's what he came to do. So we are so focused on we want, you know, politically things to be right. We want our voice to be heard. We want everything to be calm and peaceful. Um, but none of that can happen with sin still in the play. None of that can happen with brokenness still ruling and reigning. And um so him coming was to do that, to set us free and uh and and uh and then to come back and take us to be with him. So and then the question comes, well, why did he, why is it, why didn't he just take us with him then? You know, why, yeah. or why do we have to go through all this now? And the, the simplest answer is because he wants more people to be set free, more people to, to know his hope and to receive him. And I'm a firm believer the church is here only for that reason. We're not here to have rock shows and concerts and to build ourselves in bigger buildings and, and, um, to build our names. We're here to get more people to see who Jesus is. Because the time is coming where he's going to come back and say, all right, I'm taking my church. Amen. And uh, so, sorry, I went long. On no, that one. Yeah. no, that's perfect. Because you're basically describing confusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a sense, it doesn't matter what, like all the things we've shared, all the holiday depresses, stresses, it all comes down to confusion mm. and no peace. Yeah. And he is the God of peace yeah. and the God of not confusion, but of um, what's the opposite of confusion uh clarity clarity yeah Yeah. and so we're forever gonna have a life and world of confusion and no peace but how can we navigate that no matter what our um no matter what we're going through as little or heavy as it is how can we give people hope and encouragement to get through this season Mm. and then even start off january with Yes, nothing's changed because God is a God of miracles, but sometimes, you know, we don't know what his will is. We don't know what his will is for your family, my family, my mom's health. We don't Mm. know what his will is. But in the meantime, personally, I'm going to choose to keep my eyes on him and and always have faith and hope. Um, And then in January, when January comes, how can we encourage those people to continue? Okay, we went through the holidays. Now it's a new year. Yeah. What yeah. what type of encouragement um and hope 
do you want to say to those people who are going through things? Yeah, I think the the biggest, you mentioned peace, and he is, uh, the Bible says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And um, and the the awesome thing about his peace, it, and, and we see this in the Gospels where Jesus would allow his disciples to go through storms, and um, and we think sometimes peace is not having to go through that, but true peace is being able to go through a storm and go through it knowing that this is not going to crush me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to drown. Um, I can, and this is a, a very poor example, but uh, we've had in our home, we've had the last like couple of years, we've had um, like four or five different leaks in our right, house. Right. And um, every leak is like, okay, the garage ceiling fell through or this wall came out because of the water or what, whatever it may be. And I get to a point where now I'm literally like every day I'm walking, what, where, what's going to oh, leak no. next? Somebody flushes our to- a toilet somewhere. I'm like, okay, uh, what, what's going to leak? What's going what's to come through the walls now? And, uh, and, and Jesus doesn't want us to have to live in a way where we are. We know there's going to be leaks. There's going to be disasters. There's going to be layoffs. There's going to be all these things. Um, and his peace comes in those things to where we are able to go, you know what? Yeah, it hurts. It's difficult, mm-hmm. but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am okay. Um, and I always tell people that the, the, probably the worst example for Christians to, to be the people who aren't is those when we're in a storm or a trial to where we're like this, almost this facade of, oh, I'm doing so great. Praise the Lord. Jesus is so good. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is awesome. And your neighbor or your friends looking at your coworkers and thinking, well, you just lost your wife. You just lot, you know, the worst country song you could possibly imagine. Everything happening to you one day. And here you are like, yeah, they, I think people would rather hear, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. I, I am at my lowest of lows. But I know I'm going to get mm-hmm. through this because of my God and yes. who He is. Um, so His peace is is huge, um, and I think uh, it's so important for all of us to um, one um, be sensitive to everyone's struggles, to what everyone's going through, because my leak may be your mom's cancer, my, this thing we, we, we need to be. And, and there's times too, where we have to be as, as believers, we have to be saying, you know what? That's not a big deal. That, and, and God will come and go, you know what? It's not a big deal. You have a bed you're sleeping in. Who cares if part of your ceilings fallen yeah. through? <laughs> and, and God comes in and reminds us, it's not a big deal. It's okay. You know? And then he comes in and goes, you know what? This is a big deal, but I'm bigger than this big deal. Amen. Um, so, and I, and, um, and this, I, I found this during Thanksgiving, and I think this is good for Christmas, but a good thing that we can do for for ourselves and for others. Um, when we are in a funk or you find yourself maybe in depression, um, uh, Samuel, and this kind of ties in with the whole idea of Israel, you know, always, Israel always wanted a king. And in fact, they, um, Samuel, who is a prophet and, and priest, Israel looked to Samuel and said, look, we want to be like everybody else around us. We want a king. We want a physical king that we can go complain to, that can fight our battles, that can do all these things. And here's God, creator of heaven and earth, who's fought all their battles, who's delivered them from Egypt, who's provided everything for them, and they're still saying, we want a physical king. So Samuel gets, um, I got to be cool and trendy and say um, the word butthurt, but Samuel gets butthurt, and he's, <laughs> he goes to God and says, they're rejecting me, and God says, no, they're rejecting me, Samuel. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Give them what they want, 
Samuel goes through this whole process of finding King Saul. King Saul's not the guy. He finds King David, who's a man after God's own heart. Um, and then I believe it's chapter 12 of 1 Samuel. I could be wrong, but um, Samuel's basically saying goodbye to Israel. He's he's about to die. It's the last time he's with like Israel, all of them together. And they're they're looking to Samuel and they're they're basically saying, Hey, we've sinned, we realize what we've done. Pray to God to forgive us. You know, and I love um maybe you're in that place this Christmas where you're like, you know what, I'm gonna ask the Christian I know to pray for me. Pray yourself. Um you know, because God will hear you, um, uh, regardless of where you're at with him. If you call out to him, he's going to hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, call, you know, call out to God for us. And Samuel tells them to do a few things, which I thought was awesome that tied in with Thanksgiving. But he said, um, first off, he said, fear the Lord. Uh, and then he said, serve him. And then he said, consider all of the good things that he's done for you. Mm-hmm. So his like farewell message was fear God, serve God, and then consider everything he's done for you. Um, and people will say this is a this is a proven fact, scientific, physical fact that if you serve others, you will feel better about yourself. I did at the your, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that yeah, it was so amazing. Yep, it was tiring. Yeah, but it was amazing. Yep, we love serving. Yeah, so definitely I serving think you get like huge. all of the endorphins or yep. whatever scientifically, however it helps. Yeah, and you want to serve, and that's the key: is serve unto God. Because even the religious leaders during Jesus' time, when they would serve, in the Gospels, there's a few situations where they would go out and give to the poor, and they would um, take their megaphones, their trumpets, they would blow them, hey, look at us, watch us, bless all these people, watch us give all these things away from fr- for free. We want to serve in a way that's like, hey, if nobody sees me do this, I'm totally good, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to write a check for this, and I'm not going to let anybody, you know, I'm not going to call and say, did you get my check? I want to make sure you got my money, you know, or it's just <laughs> whatever the Lord does. Um, but serving does a couple things. When it's under the Lord, it glorifies Him, mm-hmm. but it also then lets us see other people, and that sometimes their struggles are worse than ours. Yeah. Um, we when you know you mentioned Thanksgiving, we do this um, every year. We do a turkey and, and pie giveaway, and we did six hundred turkeys this year and six hundred pies. But before that, years ago, we would bus in like five hundred homeless people in school buses, and we would. They would take showers, they would get pedicures, manicures, job resumes, dental work. We would do all this stuff for them. And one of the craziest areas that people served in was the foot washing station. They literally would sit there, take their socks off, wash feet. And and they these were people, you know, who you would look at their shoes and their shoes, you could tell, were probably 10 years old, toes were sticking through them. And... Me, honestly, I would look and go, dude, I cannot do that. I would not (laughs) touch. I can't, you know. And here's these people just getting on their knees, washing people's feet. And and I love homeless people because um, some, you know, you're like, I'm thinking I'm so great that I'm going to hook this guy up. I see that his shoes are so wrecked. Hey, can I get you a new pair of shoes? And we didn't have any shoes there. So I'm like, I'm going to run to Walmart. What size do you wear? He tells me what size. I run to Walmart get a pair of shoes, bring them back. Ah, they're too tight. They're not good enough. And I'm like, okay, run back to Walmart, get them the size, half size bigger, bring them back. He's like, ah, these are too loose. Run back to Walmart. This time I came back with like four different pairs. I'm like, <laughs> figure out which shoe fits you, you know, and um, and gave them all four pairs of shoes. I see him about three hours later, later that day at the outreach. And what is he wearing? His old pair of shoes. <laughs> He's just, you know, he's like, I don't want the new ones. But 
Um, but serving is huge. And then fearing God. And I love the fear of God is more of, we should be afraid of God in the sense that God at any moment can say, Hey, I'm done with you. Your life is, you're mine. You're mm-hmm. coming home. Um, but it's more of a fear of like, I'm not scared of him, like an abusive parent or, um, a, homicidal person who's coming at me to kill me. It's a fear of he is God, creator of heaven and earth. And um, he is holy and pure and righteous. So when we fear God, usually we also will fear evil. Mm-hmm. When we fear God, we'll say, I, I don't want to pursue sin and evilness. Um, and then um, the serving is huge. And then the considering all that he's done. So Thanksgiving is all about being thankful. I think Christmas as well, it's so important to stop and say, okay, I might have this much this year, but this much is huge. Mm-hmm. And and then to think about all that he's done mm-hmm. um, gets our minds to going, okay, I'm not going to believe the lies of the world that I have to have this to be better. I'm not going to believe the lies of the devil that um, he's done nothing for me or my life is miserable. But when I stop and I fear him and serve him and consider him and all that he's done, then I see truly that I'm good. Yeah. God We're is good. blessed. Yeah. We're blessed in the end. From the little blessings, because I, I firmly we, we believe we don't see all that he does in our lives. We'll see glimpses of what he's done or the big things like you got a job you prayed for or healing or whatever it is. But then I feel like there's a lot of things he does behind the scenes that are working in our favor um, to bless us and mm. our family. But I think overall, just looking at all the little bits and pieces through that year or throughout your whole entire life, that just really humbles you and makes you feel so thankful where it's like, God, I'm good this Christmas. Yeah. And I just want my family and that's it. Yeah. Like anything else can happen and I'll be fine. But as long as it's my family and I, I'm Mm. blessed and content and good. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is such a testament to his love and and him working in our hearts to just really um not humble us, but just that heart of thankfulness and gratitude of the simplest things. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I would I think too, the serving, like I know our church over the last probably five or six years, God has called us to uh in the community we're in to uh, the, kind of the words he gave us were love lavishly. Mm. Um, and I can remember like 10, 15 years ago in in Mexico, we would do outreaches all over Mexico and free, you'd have thousands of people show up. Mm. 15 years ago in California, in the States, you say free, people are like, this is a scam. It's going to be cheap. What is it? Yeah. What, what is it? <laughs> now it's like you've mentioned free, free. People are like, okay, I want free. What's free? Yeah. Um, so I, I've I've seen through loving people lavishly, um, it is it as we do that with just even random strangers. Or today the the cookie, yeah, reach. yeah, just cookies. Or um, we take over a gas station that's right down the street from our church, and we during Christmas we do an hour and we pay um, for everybody's gas. So we give a limit. We won't fill somebody's tank up, and we won't do like supreme uh we had one guy come through with this brand new uh benz and he's like i only take 91 i'm like all right well you get 40 dollars worth of 91 that's that's what everybody gets is 40 dollars worth of gas and um and uh during covid and during the whole defund the police craziness uh we felt like you know we need to get the cops to come over and pump people's gas so that everyone thinks the 
the church paid for it, but I wanted everybody to think that the cops paid for their gas to bridge this gap. And these cops came and it was so rad because the uh, manager of the gas station came out and goes, what are are these cops doing here? (laughs) And he said, you know, those apartments over there, tons of gangs in those apartments and they're all texting me. Asking if they need to skip town, if they need to leave, because all the cops are. I'm like, no, no, no. They're actually they're getting everybody gas, everybody's gas. But tell them to come over with yeah. their cars. So all these cops are there filling up people's cars with gas, and it was so cool because like three weeks later, the captain of that police station he um he let me know that hey, one of the ladies who came through for gas, we adopted her family for Christmas, and we went over and the station took gifts to the kids and. And, um, and I think as we love lavishly and, and that doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you know, um, like I love baking, that's my love language. Yeah. And so if I can just bake cookies and share with neighbors, you guys, family and friends, then my heart is filled with joy. Yeah. So it can just be the smallest of. of And then like gas, um, you know, we probably have 150 cars come through in an hour. So it's a, it's a big bill. It's like. 30 bucks, but no, I'm just kidding. It's a lot more than that. But um, maybe you say, okay, I'm going to drink four less Starbucks this month and I'm going to start budgeting $40 a month and I'm going to pick one random person at a gas station to say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to pay for your gas. I love that. Um, and, and even if it's a, hey, God bless you, Jesus loves you, so do I, um, is you never know what that person is going through and for them to then to be reminded of, because a lot of people, maybe their perspective of God is God's angry at me. And then all of a sudden they are reminded that God just bought me gas, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, um, and uh, so these are opportunities like this season is such an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to um, give more and it requires faith. And in no way am I saying to be reckless or to, <laughs> you know, give away all your money and, um, just give away all your kids' gifts. They'll love you for it. You know, <laughs> give away all their gifts. But, uh, and again, we got to keep coming back to the fact that it has really nothing. It, the, it has to do with the gift that Jesus has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and getting to that place. And I, and I think some of us are there, but we're, um, maybe I don't know if, if you experienced this, but I remember the, um, first few years of being a parent and that transition of realizing that Christmas no longer has anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, Christmas is everything. And there was the first like three years of being a parent that I was jealous, literally. Like I was <laughs> like, they are getting too much. What are, they have not bought me anything. And then here they are, like a five, you know? And, um, and, uh, and when, when I got to the place where I realized it has nothing to do with me or gifts or, and and then when your kids can even get to that place of realizing, you know, I don't care, I'm good. You don't have to get me anything this year. Like my one of my sons is like, I, it's like pulling teeth to get him to say, what he wants. you know, what he wants. Okay. And he's like, I'm good, whatever. And what he's really saying is, I'd rather just have cash. That's what he's really saying. But um, <laughs> that's what mine is. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, yeah, I'm good just, with makeup. <laughs> yeah. So just give me money, Dad. It doesn't matter. But um, so and and that's the thing is the devil would love for you to miss what it truly is about mm-hmm. and um and the best gift that you could open for yourself would be allowing Jesus to come into your heart and allowing him to make things right. He's the only one that can make it right. We can't do it ourselves. Amen. Yeah. Well, I think that is a perfect way to end. I thank you so much Philip for doing yes, this Christmas course. special for us. Um 
And you guys have been such a blessing to the city, the community, um, your dad, your parents um, as well. So thank you so much. Yes. And just to clarify, my dad did not save her parents. Well, Jesus did. Jesus. <laughs> he, he, was used. <laughs> he was used. He was used. My dad, it, yeah. and I would encourage you, if you ever want to hear a crazy testimony or story, um, you can call us at our church or email us, but we'll send you a copy of my dad's testimony. And, yes. Um. Yeah, he. he to, well, do to, you want to say the site or the hcf.org is the website. Um, easiest way to get us or on Instagram, it's uh, hcfsd on Instagram and Facebook. But um, and uh, but yeah, there's there's a message of hope right there that that I'm sitting here with you, and at one point he was clinically insane and thought half of his head was blown off from being on drugs and um and uh and. And all that's got God's done. I think over 150 churches have been planted, and and uh, and it's and what's awesome is it's not because of anybody but Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and then your parents somehow hearing and receive. I mean, it's huge, huge. It is. So. He, yeah. You, his his dad. I want to call is like one of the biblical pillars, pastors of our country and our state, um, because you guys were or not you. You weren't a, you weren't born yet, but your dad did so much mm-hmm. along with others, Chuck Smith, um, just to really do a Jesus movement, just to really bring Jesus, um, I guess, make it more accessible yeah. to everyday yep. people. And were so much my parents mm-hmm. who had no spiritual background got saved. Yep. Um, and, you know, my dad was raised Catholic didn't know anything. My mom said, if you want to date me, you need to go to church. Mm, <laughs> and I don't even know how <laughs> she even, yeah, I don't even know how she discovered Horizon or your dad. I don't know. I need to find that out. But you know, they end up going to church together and they got saved. Mm. So um but yeah, it's such a blessing. But I agree. Yeah. Your yeah. dad's story is a testament and a beautiful one at that. Yep. And then one final thought. Yeah. Before we leave you guys, the best Christmas gift you could give. Now, here's this is me speaking, but I'm going to speak on behalf of other pastors. Uh, the best Christmas gift you could give to your pastor this Christmas would be showing up at Christmas services with someone who is unsaved. Bring a neighbor, bring a family member, bring mm-hmm. a coworker, bring someone with you to church. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as a pastor, there's nothing cooler than seeing somebody bringing up somebody, hey, I brought them to church. And um, Christmas is a given. Most people will say yes to Christmas and Easter. It's easy. It's easier than ever. And um, and bribe them. You know, <laughs> hey, I will buy you dinner. I will buy yeah. you lunch afterwards. Uh, but I want you to hear the hope that I that I have. And um, and that's th- that that would be the ultimate. You know, um, take this year to realize time is short. More than effort, you need to get people. Um, to know who Jesus is. And and if you don't bring him to church, that is okay. You can let him know who he is right there and pray with him and offer um, salvation to them right there. Mm-hmm. So um, give the best gift that anybody could ever open this year, and that is Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us, and I hope you tune in to our next episode coming soon. Thanks. God bless. Thanks for listening and joining me. I hope you found something of value in this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss out. Until next time, I hope you have the most beautiful day. God bless.